The following is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Who Knew and Review, a podcast from the Galactic Network. Now, if I sound a little different, that's because I've had to change the studio in which I record. Hopefully there will not be any interference, but if there is, apologies in advance. Anyway, picking up at the exact point where Smile left us, Sarah Dollard's second Doctor Who episode, Thin Ice, quickly moves its constituent parts into place. Even pre-credits, we've had the reveal of a big monster under the frozen River Thames. We've learnt that the TARDIS has steered the Doctor and Bill to this place, and that danger lies ahead. A quick trip to the TARDIS wardrobe later? Apparently the TARDIS has dresses, who knew? And the Doctor and Bill are off in a London with a distinct Dickensian twinge to it. But what's this I see? Strange lights under the ice? Dollard's script soon begins to escalate the mystery here, with thin ice going about its business a little quicker than the episodes previous. We get children luring people to the lights, which then pull people down into the Thames. And more pertinently, the teeth of the massive creature we saw at the start. The internal logic of the story that plays out is that, well, Lord Sutcliffe is overseeing a plan that involves sacrificing people. But the episode entire works because the quiet moments really hit home too. The sequence where firstly the Doctor's questions why Bill doesn't count the people who perished in Smile, and she gets it all upset over someone dying in thin ice. It's swiftly countered. For then she, well, she interrogates the Doctor on how many people he's seen die. Acting-wise, it is a terrific exchange. Also proves to be a, a peak Capaldi and Pearl Mackey. Yeah. You know, I've I've never had time for the luxury of outrage. Well, thank you very much, Time Lord. I think that's the one thing you have got is time. Although, did you see that scene? His eyes doing all the acting work for him. And it's nice to see the range of Pearl Mackey is given a workout too. Not least in her character's realisation that Progress from the past to the present day hasn't been as dramatic as she'd like. Very good episode, a very good story, and it maintains the standard so far of series 10. So, on to my review. As with all my reviews, I will begin with the synopsis, the good bits, uh, the bad bits, the most universal bit, and any rambling thoughts that I can think of. So the synopsis. Hmm. In Regency England, beneath the frozen Thames, something is stirring. The Doctor and Bill arrive at the last of the great frost fairs and find themselves investigating a string of impossible disappearances. People have been vanishing on the ice. Bill is about to discover that the past is more like her world than she expected. And not all monsters come from outer space. The good bits of this episode, well, the show is never one to shy away from controversy, and the way they handled Bill's questioning of race was marvellous. Bit more black than they show in the movies, Bill notes of Regency London. 
So was Jesus, the doctor replies. History is a whitewash. A thoroughly enjoyable side swipe and particularly delivered well. The bad bits. Hmm. Now this is tricky. The bad bits. I, I didn't see any. No. No, there's no bad bits. And the Hooniversal bit, well, this season alone we've seen nods and nods and nods to episodes galore, and this was no exception. Um, just Google it, it's easier than me just listing off a, an odd bunch of names. Absolutely spectacular episode, and one that I hardly recommend. How many TARDISes? It wasn't perfect, but that's only my personal opinion. Out of uh, five TARDISes, this still gets a solid four TARDISes, maybe creeping up to four and a half. Hauntings, sky sounds, parallel universes, monster sightings, the New World Order, ghost ships, urban legends, mysterious radio broadcasts, and secret government facilities are just a few things we've talked about on Weird World Weekly. Listen to find out what's next. Go to gncasts.com slash weird to listen, find out more, and subscribe to the podcast that discusses the paranormal, mythological, conspiratorial, unexplained, or anything else we think is a little strange and out of the ordinary. Also, Matt's continuing search for turkey recipes. It's all on Weird World Weekly, part of the Galactic Netcast network of shows, also available wherever you listen to podcasts. Many thanks for downloading this podcast from the Galactic Network. We have so much to offer. Maybe it's horror or adventure gaming. Perhaps you just like to listen to a couple of nerds geeking out. Well, if that's the case, then visit gncasts.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. And have a good poke around. You'll be surprised what you find. Maybe you'd like to chat to the hosts. If so, then why not sign up to our Slack channel? Or simply you want to tell us what a great job we're doing. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. And so we're back with this week's news. As ever with the news, it is uh, greatly reduced because the series is on. So, let's do the news! Mark Gatiss might have written for Doctor Who, but he was never asked to run the show. He has so far worked on eight episodes for the show, most recently Series 9's Sleep No More, and the up-and-coming Series 10 episode, The Empress of Mars. But although Stephen Moffat went from writer to showrunner, Gatiss was not considered for the role. Doctor Who's fourth episode of Series 10, Knock Knock, is set to be a special one, as the BBC is using it to showcase some amazing technology. Once it's been broadcast on BBC One on Saturday, May the 6th, the episode will become available on the BBC iPlayer as a special binaural audio edition. A BBC rep said, the binaural audio edition of Knock Knock uses pioneering sound technology developed by BBC Research and Development to give the impression of specific sounds being in front or behind the viewer, putting them right at the heart of the action. 
Now I couldn't tell whether or not they're going to be showcasing this on BBC America. I really hope they do. When the BBC R&D department get involved, they really make something special. Be well worth it. If you're in America, and they are, do let me know. If you want links to any of the stories, then I put them all in the show notes. Sometimes I don't publish the show notes because, you know, I'm lazy. And if that happens, again, tweet me. WNAR underscore podcast. Now, sticking with Knock Knock, David Suchet, who is going to star in this as, I believe, a character called The Landlord. He was so excited to be part of the next Doctor Who episode that he accepted the role without even reading the script. Yeah, I know, right? The Poirot actor will be playing the part of the landlord in Knock Knock, which errs this weekend. And he spoke about the guest starring on ITV's Lorraine YouTube clip in the show notes. Without further ado, it's time for the A to Z. Okay, people, A to Z. And believe me, I didn't realise this, but we're on the last one until I compile a new list of new monsters from New Who. Are you following me? And that means the last one must be the monster, the werewolf, from the episode Tooth and Claw. Now, werewolves are a little bit complicated in, um, in Doctor Who, but I'll try my best to cover it all off. Werewolves are creatures that appeared human but transform into beasts in the light of the full moon. The bite of a werewolf would turn the victim into a werewolf. Similar to what happened to Queen Victoria when the Tenth Doctor met her. Oh, she was not amused. A result of alien cells infecting a human host, creating a half-man, half-wolf mutation. Transformation into a wolf occurs during a full moon. Sharp claws, teeth, enhanced senses, powerful strength... Well, that's pretty much it for a deadly creature. The Tenth Doctor and Rose Tyler encountered a lupine wavelength haemoveriform in 1879. Other types of werewolf are always also present in the Doctor Who universe. The Second Doctor encountered a werewolf in 3300 BC Italy. The Fifth Doctor and Turlo encountered an Earth-based werewolf in the 21st century Brazil. The Seventh Doctor and Ace met and befriended a Vulpinan werewolf named Mags in an era of space travel, though good-natured she had little control over her transformations. The Eighth Doctor, on a visit with Sam Jones to Saturnaria Regina, encountered the Jacks, a species thought extinct, who had in ancient times developed a virus controlled with technology that could turn people into... Yep, you've guessed it. A werewolf. Well, that's all for me. I shall be back next week with more reviews of Knock Knock. Until then, goodbye. This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to gncast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.